Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? I hope you're doing great. I hope that you are feeling cool on the West Coast, Pacific Northwest of North America. There's been intense, intense heat referred to as a heat dome, and it is now moving further east from what I have seen, but we were definitely affected here in Vancouver where I live. It was unbearable. It was absolutely unbearable, and it really made me realize how, and this is pretty obvious, but how the quality of our life affects every aspect of our life and our lives, and that with this heat wave, this heat dome, where it, in our house where we live, it was like unrelenting between 30 five degrees and like almost 40 degrees in the house, which is I think like 111 degrees Fahrenheit, something like that. But not having control over the regulation of our, the heat in our body and our body temperatures and of my gorgeous little cats who were so hot and this went on for like almost five days just the simple comfort of being not overheated it was impossible for my partner and i to focus on anything else it was all that mattered in our day was to make sure that our cats had enough wet cloths on them so that they weren't going to die, basically, and that we were drinking enough water so that we weren't getting sick ourselves. And there was this this emergency feeling, this anxiety of focus, where I wasn't able to really enjoy anything. That was the biggest takeaway from this time of being in a place where you really are not doing things normally and not even in a kind of a COVID way, but like a very specific, okay, we just have to keep these cats alive and we have to keep ourselves alive and we have to bear through this fatal heat. And we could not do or experience anything other than survive. And that may sound dramatic, but I am focusing on like the dramatic, the dramatics of it, the dramatics of the heat dome, which they did say was the kind of heat and the kind of temperatures, the kind of weather that this part of the world 
had not experienced in a thousand years from the way that they could figure it out with their research that they have. The meteorologists, the scientists, I, I suppose. I think I read this on like a CBS News website, but I can't remember the exact sightings in the article. But it was, it was dramatic. And it wasn't something that I saw coming. And we were so fortunate because nothing bad really happened. We were just, you know, didn't really sleep for three days and made sure not to snap at each other because we were so hot. And when I get really hot, I get really angry. <laughs> I'm quick to anger and very irritable. It's like when you're in a lot of pain. I guess, yeah, because being extra hot is kind of painful to our system because it is not where our bodies and our organs and all of our internal mechanisms that really m make our, our day healthy. It does not support that. It's like everything kind of goes into that mode of like conserving our water and uh, making us feel more tired because our bodies know we're not supposed to create more exertion because it could be fatal. So the dramatics, the dramatics are okay, I feel like, because it was dramatic. But the thing that it really reminded me of was how fast we can, to put it back to kind of connecting to our authentic selves and our intuition and our inner guidance to take it more as a lesson. That's, that's how I really saw it was because I didn't see it coming as, as such a disruptor, you know, it was a little bit extra hot for the week before and then there was a lot of news about it and we were just hoping that the weather would change because that that's pretty common you know the weather forecast is there and most of the time it does change but it made me really think about how when our own needs aren't met and even if it is in a small amount of time just like with the weather even if I was comfortable and cool and the weather was not affecting the quality of my life for, what, seven months before, six months before, if you look at just the year, and then all of a sudden, this four to five day patch of intense fatal heat comes in, then suddenly all of the practices and things that I do on a daily basis to help me to make sure that I'm making conscious choices and doing all the things, all the things that ground me and help me connect to myself and to make it as easy as possible for me to really what it is to live from my heart so that I am creating from my heart. So I am serving my clients from my heart. So 
that it is grounded in the right, and I mean right for me, that it's coming from the right place, that it's a place of of service and care and love. And when I couldn't do those things that helped to remind me to live from my heart, like meditate, I couldn't do that. I couldn't work out. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't have any true rest. I couldn't kind of decompress with even, you know, like a Netflix show or like a book that I've read a hundred times. I couldn't do it because my focus was wanting to make sure that my cats were going to live and that I wasn't going to pass out and that my partner was not like that he was going to be okay, that he was also not going to get overheated or sick or in some way. And you've probably experienced this where everything is going kind of normally and then something happens in your life that all of the normalcy goes out the window, like in your own personal emergencies where everything stops and everything changes. The routine is gone. But what I noticed about this time, because I had really made sure for myself and for my work that I maintained those routines, that I maintained those practices daily because I could, because I'm fortunate enough and privileged enough to have almost all of the time my basic needs met. I noticed a big, a big difference in how I reacted compared to a personal emergency that I had a few years ago. Because I had been prioritizing my needs when the basic comfort was taken away, everything didn't just fall apart. I wasn't taken away with my anger. I was able to look at it and know, oh wow, this heat makes me really like quick to anger. Like my partner and I, we really laughed at it. Like he was getting angry too at funny things. And then we would say, oh my goodness, like I was just so mad at you for that little thing. And then we would talk about it and we would laugh. And then, you know, if he was saying something that I did, I'd say, oh my gosh, if this was, you know, four years ago, that would have hurt my feelings so much and probably... I would have focused on it for months after and I wouldn't have, would not have believed that it was the heat and same with him because he's really grown into himself as well. So this real lesson of prioritizing your own needs will, and this isn't why we should do it, but a really good thing that comes out of that is you're able to handle the extremes of life better. You're able to surrender to kind of what is happening. The perspective that, okay, it's not great right now. Things are 
probably the opposite of how you would want it to go. But you know, because you have been prioritizing what you need, you know that those times when you're not able to kind of get what you need, they're not going to last forever. That you're actually able to maybe even see the absurdity or the humor in your situation. The stress doesn't crush you. The stress just kind of contracts you a bit. But you know that you'll be able to spring back open. That true resilience where you bend, you don't break. I really saw this time in the small, small amount of time where things were a little bit wild, that every aspect of honoring and connecting to your inner power, to your intuition, to your authentic needs, to honoring your purpose, to not doing a job that doesn't serve you or not be in a relationship that doesn't serve you, because then when the, the extremes of life happen, they might be the catalyst for you to change, but it might be way more uncomfortable. And I know it's uncomfortable because it's happened to me more than once where the extremes of life happen. Everything that I thought I knew and everything that I thought was me was kind of taken away. And then I had to find myself again. And that's how I had to learn. That was just part of how my life was, I believe, supposed to go. I needed to learn in those extreme ways. But I don't know. I just feel called to talk about this today because maybe, maybe you don't need to learn the hard way. <laughs> like though, that's a very, uncomfortable, hard, long lesson to learn. To lose everything that you thought you knew. To lose everything about yourself that you thought you were. So that you can finally see who you're true, who you truly are. And those circumstances were what brought me to start to prioritize my needs and understand my intuition and really listen and hear my inner guidance and how those intuitive pieces really speak to me. That's what I needed. But I feel very passionate that you can start to prioritize your needs and your intuition without being shaken to do it from outside forces. But it can be really challenging to even feel into what are your needs? Like, what is your intuition asking you to do to really step into the life that you're supposed to be living? Into your purpose, right? Like, that's what I always feel is before developing your intuition. Before you can do that, I feel like you have to know what you need and how to fill it, how to make the time for it. Otherwise, you're just using your intuition as an extension outside of yourself. 
as something that is not yours and not part of you, but something that you need to find and you need to develop and understand. Well, you can flip that, that you can replace intuition with myself, that you need to find, that I need to find myself, that I need to understand myself, that I need to develop myself. Because when you do that, then your intuition is right there, that all of your own gifts are right there. Your purpose is right there. They were just buried by all the things that are not you and all the things that you think you have to do or fit into to make yourself happy or live the life that you want. But you don't have to. And I I know, I know I've talked about fulfilling our needs and prioritizing ourselves a lot, but it is really important. And I feel like it needs to be spoken about a lot because it is something that, especially as women, we tend to not do. We tend to forget about our needs. We tend to not prioritize ourselves, even if we were doing, you know, doing it really well for a while. It can fall, it can fall to the wayside very quickly. So that is why I'm still talking about it. (laughs) And I probably will talk about it again many, many times. And I am working on some interviews. So when those happen, I'm sure I'll talk to my guests about it and ask them about it as well. It's that important. I really, I've seen it over and over and over again with my clients that as soon as they connect to that inner knowing of what they need, and then they realize how to fulfill it, it's like, oh, those are the pieces. That's what was missing. Why does everything else feel so easy now? It can actually be quite frustrating that by the time you find it and fulfill those needs, just like I said, there, there's your intuition. There's your connection. It was there all along. And one, one great practice to help you with this, to help it along. And forgive me if I have said this before, because my, my brain was baked by intense heat, a heat dome. And I don't believe I have, but if I have, Maybe there's a reason I need to say it again. So I'll just trust that. But one of the best practices, and this helped me a lot, is to think about a part of your life where you're not as satisfied. It doesn't have to be tragic. It doesn't have to be hopeless. It can just be not exactly the way that you would prefer it. It could be your job. It could be a relationship, anything like that. For me, it was my job because I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. It wasn't aligned. So as you know, if you've listened to any other episode of Intuitive Seek, you'll know that I only found my purpose by trial and error because I did so many jobs that were not meant for me. And I had to go through that frustration to really understand 
what I needed and what was for me. So if you, for instance, if your job is maybe not the part of your life that feels the most aligned, where your needs are not being met, where you're not able to prioritize yourself and what you know that you are able to offer to the world, but it's not being utilized, you could try to visualize, to picture how you would like it to be. And not in a manifestation, dream big, the sky's the limit, you can do whatever you want, just do it, all all those cliches, not like that. But in a true, how would you rather it be? So for instance, uh, towards the end of my old career, I would be driving to work very early in the morning And instead of being angry, tired, and frustrated, like I had before, I switched it up a little bit. I decided to listen to my intuition because it was telling me to ask myself, okay, we know what you don't want to do. What do you want your morning to look like? Instead of complaining and picturing yourself back at home already, wishing you were in bed. What do you, what do you really want your morning to look like? Because right now, this is your reality. This is what your morning looks like. That's what I was saying to myself. So I decided to listen to that. And that's what I started to do. Every morning, I would not listen to the radio, not listen to a podcast, And I would just drive to work. And instead of thinking about all the reasons why I wish I wasn't driving to work and I wish it was my day off and so on and so on and so on, I started to think, well, what what would I rather be doing right now? But in a way where I was visualizing, it could happen. So it wasn't, it wasn't a yearning of, Oh, I wish it was like this. It was really quite a positive feeling because I hadn't thought of it before. I hadn't thought moment by moment, hour by hour, how do I want my mornings to look? What would make me feel the best so that I can do my best, right? So that's what I did. And I remember I'd be driving to work and I would get more energy because I would be thinking, okay, you know what? I think I would wake up at the same time because I do like the morning. I love morning light. I love the way the birds sound. I love that the air is a little bit more crisp and not so full of people and their energy and their breath. (laughs) I really love the mornings. So that was my first one because I didn't really think that because I tried and needed to sleep in on my days off because I was so exhausted because I was doing something five days a week for over eight hours a day, many times more than that, that I didn't like. So it zapped all my energy. So I assumed that I was tired because I also was waking up early, but that wasn't the case. So I was driving to work and thinking, okay, instead of driving to work, I wish I was still at home, but... I would be having some coffee or tea and 
I would be maybe journaling a little bit using that clear head that I love that I have in the morning. And I would just continue to visualize and think about how I would rather be spending my day if I had full control or authority over it. If I was planning it, how would I want it to go? And some days it would be a little bit different and sometimes it would always be the same specific thing so that I'd know, okay, that definitely is what I need to be doing. And I probably did that I'm sure I missed a few mornings, but I probably did that kind of exercise for six months. And the wild thing is, the crazy part, the cool, really amazing part, is all those visualizations of understanding what I needed to really optimize my life, of how I needed it to go, how my mornings should be. That's how they are now. That's exactly how my mornings are. The way that I was visualizing them is how I'm living them now. And it took time, of course. But what I know is visualizing it was just an act of really listening to my intuition. Because a lot of the time when we aren't connected to that inner voice, to that true guidance that will never steer us wrong when it's hard to connect to it, then our intuition, those wants, those needs that our intuition is offering us, they can feel like a wish. They can feel like a dream instead of what they really are, which is a true, like capital yes to how your life is supposed to be. And I hope that if it feels right, that you can try that and allow yourself to really listen in and trust that what you're picturing is not a fantasy or a pipe dream or something that is not possible. Because the more you listen and the more you understand what you need, then the more clarity you'll receive on how to get there. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Seek. Please reach out to me with any questions or if you want to share anything that may have come up for you during this episode, you can follow me and message me on my Instagram at treenlight and email me at hellotreenlight at gmail.com. You can also check out my website for anything else that you're looking for. And if you're interested in working with me as well, it's treenlight.com, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T. And there'll be a link in the show notes as well. And if you feel called to leave a five-star review, because that's what they love, on iTunes to help others find this podcast, that would be very generous. I do not like to and do not plan on doing ads because I don't like ads in podcasts. So if you're looking to support me, then leaving a review would be very generous. Thank you again for taking the time to listen. Be kind to yourself and I'll talk to you next week.